All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kabbalah and Coffee. Today is a very special day in Kabbalah and Coffee history, perhaps, um, because we're starting Chapter 5 of Feminine Faith. Now, well, hold on, I, I'm going to explain why this is special. But first, let me pass around these handouts uh, for anybody that does not have a book. Please pass them down. Please pass these down. Thank you. All right, I also have a chart, uh, which I'm going to pass around soon, and we'll get into that. Chapter 5 of Feminine Faith is a very critical chapter in our text, but also in the study of Kabbalah, and especially in the study of the Kabbalah of the relationship between men and women. This book, Feminine Faith, is all about explaining what it is about the, the nature of the feminine nature that lends itself more to a particular type of faith in God. The premise of the book, the premise of the work, um, is that when it came historically, when it came to the, to the sin of the golden calf, when the Jews served, created a golden calf, and engaged in, in an idolatrous experience right after the giving of the Torah at Sinai, so our sages tell us, the Torah tells us, that it was only the men that participated in that sin, in that experience of forget about God, forget about Moses, let's get into a golden calf. It was the men that did that and not the women. The central question, and really which becomes the thesis of this discourse, is what is, what is behind um, this phenomenon that the women, that the men were the ones that served the golden calf, but the women stayed above that, above that experience and were impervious to that challenge. So to explain all of that, to explain this idea, and really to get to the heart of what is the um, what is the, at the essence of feminine faith. So we had a long exploration up until chapter five to define what faith is in the first place. So we'll do a quick recap. What is faith? So he said in the discourse, and we explained the kabbalistically, faith means that you recognize that God is not playing uh, 18 holes in Pebble Beach. Okay, that was my addition. God is not an aloof creator who creates once upon a time or put things into motion and then kind of steps back and allows everything to run. Or is too spiritual or too holy or too godly to get involved in the nitty-gritties of day-to-day existence, of my life, of what happens in my reality. God is too great for that. That is... That is the challenge of faith. In other words, faith means that I recognize that God is not aloof from creation, but rather is very intimately involved in creation, in every detail of creation, in every detail of my life, in my life, in every detail, in, in all that happens, God is there. There is only one reality that gives life that in, in, a, in an intimate fashion, and that is God. And as we're, as we're, we're going to see in chapter 5, it is the feminine soul that has a particular ability to sense that reality that God is everywhere and not an aloof creator that, uh, that is disassociated from His creation. Okay, and So today we're going to explore that idea. In order to get into the idea, the discourse, the, this Kabbalistic text, is going to trace the respective sources of masculine and feminine souls. Everything that exists on the, on the physical plane has a spiritual source. 
as the Talmud says regarding grass, there is no blade of grass that doesn't have an angel that encourages it and says to grow. Right? Every blade of grass has its little uh, cheerleader angel that's kind of getting it uh, motivated to grow. This is not only um, uh, a cute thing, but it's, it, it, there's a reality here as well, which is that every physical uh, creation has a spiritual source from where it comes. In one of the books of the prophets, it says, which means from my flesh, I shall perceive God. From my flesh, I can see God. What does that mean? What do you think that means? From my flesh, I can see God? Okay, that's one way of understanding it. I can see what else? We can see a reflection of God. Good, what else? Can I do God? Okay, good. What else? So uh, all of this is true. Kabbalah takes it one step further. All of this is true, but Kabbalah says, what is, what is, the, what is another layer to understand this? I can understand what happens above by looking at my own life. By looking at things down here, I can understand the way it works up there. Let's understand something. Cause and effect. Right? So you have a cause that, bring, that, that, that has an effect. Right? You put something into motion... Okay, so you're baking challah. So you take the ingredients, take your flour, you take your water, you take your yeast, you take your eggs, take your sugar, mix it all in. Right? You let it rise, mix it again, you shape it, you're doing your thing. Put it in the oven, eventually, and you're baking it. And out comes delicious challah. Ah, I'm transported to that place. Anyway, <laughs> out comes the challah. In this, situ- in this analogy, challah is the effect, is the outcome, and the dough, let's call it the dough, is the cause. So you put in the dough, you bake it, out comes the challah. It would be strange, to say the least, if I put in challah dough and out came chicken. <laughs> Correct? Why? I don't know, I close the door, whatever comes out, comes out, right? It's, it's like the magic of the oven. Right? It kind of sounds like a cute children's book. Magical oven. Right. <laughs> right. But we understand that when you put in something, right, when you're investing a certain energy, a certain, not even energy, I mean, this is not ethereal, this is a very practical example. When you put something, specific ingredients in, that's what's going to come out. Now, let's work the other way around. Let's say I didn't see the process of baking, I didn't see the process. But I see the outcome, I see the effect. I see the challah that's baked. Is it possible for me to work my way backwards and understand what caused that? Is it possible? Forensic challah analysis? Anyone? No one's got figured out the Coke formula yet. Right. No, true. True. You heard that you have, they're going to have it at the... Music, at the I heard. It's kind of awesome. You know that the rabbis know. Did you, <laughs> did you know this? Of course they have to know. Because they have to certify it. And you thought I was kidding. I never do that. Um, yeah, the rabbis, there are, there are rabbis who know, or maybe one rabbi who knows this. 
the secret formula for well, not the okay. We have to the secret all. Let's put it this way: all of the ingredients of Coke. What's the secret? What's the formula? What's the ratio? Who knows? But all of the ingredients are certified kosher. So the, the story was that because Atlanta because Coke is an Atlanta company, so the rabbi that originally certified Coke, right? And they and when he passed away. It was not certified until they found another, another rabbi that they could trust because it was not under rabbinic supervision. But now I believe they have rabbis in Israel. Or a rabbi in Israel, I don't, I don't know who's doing it, but they got someone on the case. But it's an amazing... So. I'd like to know what process is to decide they trust that rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, what do you mean? All right. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen a website called Rab- Rabbi Leaks. What is it? Was it Wiki Leaks? Rabbi Leaks? <laughs> <laughs> Could be the first. Um, all right. Um, so let's talk. Yeah. The chicken that comes out of the oven maybe maybe just a disguise. Maybe it really is hollow, looking like a chicken to you at that moment. <laughs> That's a complicated meal. <laughs> now hold on. I'm with you. I'm with you that this process is not. I think it's chicken because of your limited perception. I'm with you. I'm with I'm with you. In other words, there's a, there's a certain limit to how much we can we can accurately work backwards. I'm totally with you. But let's let's just say like this that typically when you see something, you know, when you see something that comes out, you can pretty much you can most of the time uh, kind of as, uh, understand where it comes from and maybe some of the forces that go into it. So getting back to what the prophet says, me besari from my flesh. Sorry, from my flesh, I can see God. What that means, the way Kabbalah explains it, is that I can actually understand what goes on above in the spiritual realms by looking at what goes on below in the physical realm. I can understand the energies of the divine sefirot, which we're going to get into, the divine emanations. Uh, that are invested in order to create and in all of the realms of creation by understanding these ten powers the way they're, they're parallel to my soul. So now, does that mean that we're projecting on God? That because we operate in a certain way, well, that's, ha- that's how it works above? On the contrary. Because it works like that above, that's why it works like that below. And, does that make sense? In other words, because the reality above is in a certain way, that's why below, this, there are similar patterns that are followed. But not the other way around. But because it follows in such a way, I can, in some way, with some margin of error, and using, of course, guidance from Kabbalah, which is received wisdom from on high, I can understand the way things work above by looking at the way things work below, and specifically, specifically, as we're going to talk today, in my own soul, in my own personal experience, in my psyche, in my emotion, in my mind, in my head, and in my heart. We're going to understand the way things work in the world of emanation. That's what we're going to get to today. I guess, not to be picky, but I guess I'm curious what understanding means, because even like with a challah, like yeah, I know that these ingredients go in and create a challah, but there's a part of it that still can't really wrap my head around the fact, like, wow, you mix these ingredients together and it rises and right. it comes out and it tastes so different than it did when it goes in. So can we really ever understand? It's a great question. Oh, which is the, which is the, which, in other words, so your, in other words, your question might be based on the fact, well, if the goal is to really understand it, can we ever get there? And as Masha is saying accurately, maybe it's maybe either the goal is not to get there or accurately, which is I think the most accurate way to say this, we we truly can't 
let, let me let me explain how how Kabbalah speaks about your question in this issue. There's two types of knowledge, and we use a knowledge as a general word, but so it's not I'm not being specific as far as das versus being a chachma, but just knowledge. Two types of knowledge. One is called yediyas hametzius or yediyat hametziut, which means knowing. The metzius means the fact that it is, knowing that it is. And then there's something called hasagat hamahut, which means having a grasp. Hasagat is more of a grasp of the ma- of the mahut, which is the mahu, which is what it is. So it's not just knowing that it is, but knowing what it is. There's two different things. There's knowing that it is, and there's knowing what it is. So there's in in a lot of areas of knowledge, we just know what is. No, we know that it is. We don't know what it is. So one example is. And it could be that there are those who have more of the science. You know, Maggie Glazer, she may know, she, she may be able to break down, you know, the, uh, the science of, 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 you know, fermentation, how, how, it, how it all works. Um, you know, chefs with reduction and, you know, the, the, there's, a, there's science here. There's like literally they have, you know, you can chalk it, you know. But here's the deal. For most, you know, here, cell phone, right? They call this a smartphone. I know that it works. I know how to manipulate it into doing, in a good way, into doing what I want it to do. Do I know, right, do I know how it works? Can I program it myself? Do I know? I don't. So for this, I have some, I, I, I have the first category of knowledge, which is which is knowing that it is, and knowing that it works, and how to... In a, in a limited way, how to make it work the way I need it to work, but I don't really have Hasagat Hamahut really a, an in-depth understanding of how it works and why it works like it does. That I don't have. So when it comes to well, any time we discuss, let, let me take a step back. Even within the human experience, the human psyche, right? Do we really have an in-depth knowledge of why things work like that? Or we can say, well, based on certain things that we know, we can kind of figure out, have some sort of understanding. In other words, I would say even within the human mind, for sure, and the human heart, we have also a limited ability to understand. We have a very limited uh, range of understanding. Again, we can manipulate certain things. We understand that when you put this in, that's what happens. We can test it, we can understand. But why things work that, there's a lot, there's a lot that's unknown. Especially with regards to the mind. Now, I, I just want to round it out. So, when it comes to any discussion about supernal energies, about um, Kabbalistic worlds, and energies of, the, of God, of the divine, and any discussion, any conversation, is going to be a lot of yediyat hamatziyut, a lot of understanding kind of what it is, or maybe how uh, that it is, but not a lot of hasagat hamahut, which is really understanding. To Masha's point, is, it, is our goal to really understand? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we can't, then to have an unrealistic goal is, is just, could be frustrating. In other words, we can't really ever slip into that place and really understand. Again, we can't even slip into our own heart and our own brain. We don't have that ability yet. They're mysteries <laughs> of the mind. We don't understand the mind. Ask any brain, psychiatrist, psych- we don't understand the mind. We don't. It's a, it's, we understand certain things about the mind, but we don't understand the mind. We can't fix the mind. We can't fix it. We can sedate it, we can do a lot of things, we cannot fix it. What do you mean by fix it? 
in any situation, an individual that's suffering with a, with a, with a mental illness. There's no way, we don't have the tools, we can, we can figure out how to set bones, but somebody that's struggling with depression with other, we don't have real ways of healing, we have ways of masking. What I'm saying is, we, I, I'm sorry, it's all masking, there's no way, we don't have, we don't understand them, As, read any book on the mind, we don't, the greatest, the most advanced doctors and, 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 and folks in that profession will tell you, that as much as we know, there is much more that we don't know. There's a tremendous amount that we don't know. We just don't know. So what I'm saying is, so when it comes to the human realm, you know, I think we, obviously we're charged to, to know and to learn as much as we can. When it comes to the spiritual, the supernal world, again, we're also charged to, to, to learn and to connect on that level. But can we really ever understand God in that way? We can't. But we try. We try to learn as much as we can. But we don't get thrown up by the fact that we can. Adina Malka, you had... Oh, yeah. And still, if we read that the oneness above matches the oneness below, how do you get to that? Okay, so that's already, that's already a lofty Yehudim. Uh, that's already the oneness. Right, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But so today, we're actually... No, today, we're actually not going to talk about oneness. We're going to go the other way. We're going to talk about fragmentation, and specifically 10, the number 10, the 10 powers that exist within the human being. We're going to get very heavily involved in that. And then the 10 powers, the way they exist above. And then based on a, a solid understanding, this is the map, a solid understanding of these 10 energies, we're going to trace the, the respective roots of the source of the masculine soul and the feminine soul. That's where we're going to get to. David. Is it our thinking that any Kabbalistic masters, like you know, either... Moses or Abraham or the Altar Rebbe or the Maharal, that any of those people had any of that level of knowledge? Of they, had more, they had more of it than, uh, than the average person. However, with that being said, there was a di- there's a dialogue in Torah that's very telling where Moses asked God, let me see your face. And God says, no human being can see my face and live. Rather... I will place you in the cleft of the rock and I will place uh, my presence, I will cover your eyes with my hand. All of this is metaphorical. All of this is, and I will pass, my presence will pass before you and you will see, you will see my back, and you will not see my face. Says. So can we ever have that, that, you know, face to face as opposed to like seeing the back means, you see the back, you don't see features, you don't see, you just see, you know, back of a head and, and, and a back. You don't really see Features. You can't recognize necessarily a person. You ever have a situation where you think you recognize somebody from the back and then you turn around like, oh, that's not you, right? <laughs> oh, what happened? Why? Because the back is not, it's not, it's, it's kind of like the person, but you don't really, you're not seeing it. So, that, that, so the, any, any human knowledge is going to be like the back. It's kind of like, yeah, and then it turns out, oh, I, oh that, sorry, God, I didn't know that was you. Right? You know, any type of knowledge is going to be still approximated and not precise. Whereas, um, uh, true intimate knowledge of God is, is really beyond the capacity of the human being to live. Hashem says, a person cannot see me and live. That implies that if a person, if you, implies that there's, type, there's a type of, 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 of of intimate uh, connection and knowledge that can exi- that can be in a state of non non human non corporal living, but here 
soul in a body, the understanding that there's a limitation on that. Now, certainly the great Kabbalistic masters, Rabbi Shem Yochai, Adam, Abraham, the Baal Shem Tov, the Maral, the Alter Rebbe, certainly certain individuals had a much greater knowledge and understanding, more, maybe a profile. But the, the face-to-face... Huh? Exactly, the old uh, Hitchcock, you know, action. But the real... That's, that's beyond, uh, beyond the human being's capacity. It does say... You know, where is Moses buried? It's not a riddle, actually. It's, it's actually a real question. Mount, we don't know. The Torah says, okay, so, Torah says that he passed away on a mountain. Har Nevo. In the English trans- transliteration, I think it's, it becomes Nebo. Not to be confused with the fish. <laughs> it's Nemo. Um, okay, so, Har, but it's in the Hebrew, it's Nevo. And I'll tell you how it's spelled. It's spelled Nun, Vet, and Vav. Nevo. That's the mountain. Which is an anagram for? Which is an anagram for? Nun, Bo. Nun, which is the num- numerical value of 50, Bo is there. Let me explain. It says in Kabbalah that there are 49 Nun Tes Shari Bina, 49 chambers of understanding. The 50th chamber, so for, there are 49 chambers, 49 dimensions of understanding. Then there's a 50th dimension that's impossible to attain. It exists, but it's not within the human capacity to attain. When's it attained? When does Moses attain it upon his passing? That's, the, that's what Kabbalah explains. That. Well, he was buried, Harnavo, Nunbo, the day that he passed away. When he passed away, he was granted the additional, the 50th chamber of, 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 of understanding of Bina. The Nun, the 50th cha- uh, chamber, gate of. Of, uh, of, of understanding. But as long as we're alive, even Moses is stuck at 49. It's like the old, you know, you're playing the old Super Mario, and you're like, you're stuck, you're right at that last level. Anyway, you're right, my kids are now uh, back into that. So, you got, you're, up to the, you're up to the final, you can't break through. And, and it's not, the point is, it's not within the capacity of a human being comprised of soul and body to have that type of awareness. You can't. You, you, there's certain limitations that the body imposes on the soul. Doris in the morning, yeah. I was thinking when, you know, about this, this just the concept of feminine, feminine yeah. energy. And I know for me, when I actually gave birth to my children, that was the moment where if I hadn't seen God before that, I was very aware of that. And I'm wondering if somehow that... that there's the potential yeah. to have children or that act of, of giving birth is something that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea, the way it, it's going to tie in very much, you know, is the biology. The differing, bio, literally, the differing biologies of men and women are going to tie into and help us understand the Kabbalah of, of, of masculine and feminine souls. It's, it's, it's all, it is, the short answer is absolutely it's connected. As we're going to see, we're going to trace it. We're going to see how this works. Morning. Um, you know, we talked about that you can't see the face. If we could do that, we wouldn't need faith. Because it would, it would have the truth. And so right. part of the thing is that even the highest level still can only get there through faith and belief. It's still beyond the grasp. Yep. And, and so, like, and, and so, the thing is, if we can prove it, then, then maybe we might think, well, we don't really need God because we we get it. Another way of looking at it is, as the old uh, Hasidic saying goes, if I could understand God, I would be God. 
right? <laughs> Which is, but I'm saying all, all of these things are true. In other words, if you understand it, so it takes it diminishes the on some level, it diminishes it. Um, we can't understand it anyway if we try to. Otherwise, we would be God. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to understand it, but we certainly cannot get to that ultimate connection. Now, does that mean, you know, Joanne, to, to just get back to your question, very, very, you know, very definitively, does that mean that we should not seek? Or as Masha asked, you know, does that mean that we should not seek? No. The reason why Kabbalah is taught, and especially in the latter generation, the last few hundred years, where Kabbalah is proliferated throughout, uh, throughout the world in a, in a much more intense way in the past few generations, certainly even more so, the message is that we are meant to study. Maybe in years past it was only a select few, you know, undercover, maybe by the tree, by the cave, whatever, what's the secret password, you know, that type of thing. But today, we're all meant you know, as the Rebbe said many times, we're all, everyone is meant to study these uh, these teachings and, and, and gain as much knowledge and awareness of the mysteries as we can. Is it possible, you know, your phrase, Michael, because that each generation builds on the one before and that, you know, like kids today Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the reasons why Kabbalah is 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 more out there today, and and is, as I just mentioned, is we're meant to study it more. There's two reasons that are given. One is because our generation is spiritually, uh, we have the the greatest challenges of any generation previous. As every generation continues, there are more challenges that come in based on everything else that's going on. So with the greater challenge, we need greater ammunition, we need greater positive, with greater darkness, or potential for darkness, we need more light. So that's one way. But the other way, the positive way of looking at it is, is the more we continue, the more, the more we learn, the more we grow, the more energy builds up. And we're also getting closer to Mashiach, which is the time of, 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 of the infinite light coming back down to this world. So as the closer we get, the more of that light is, uh, kind of bleeds over. So that's right. So that's some of the implication of what I mentioned before, um, is that there is certainly an awareness that is not within the human capacity to, to have before pa- passing that one gains upon passing, which is why, which is why this has been noted and documented not not in in other fields also, but also in in, in Judaism and Kabbalah, and we've talked about this before, and I think other classes. I don't know if we talked about it here, but a person on their deathbed sometimes has can see things and has visions and has an awareness and says things from a deeper place of of because it's almost like they're straddling that reality that the planes between the here and now and the after the hereafter and some of that awareness some of that seeing face to face so to speak I mean, this idea of you know near-death experience. I mean, this is, uh, but but this is all this is all documented in Kabbalah. I mean, all of this is. Last words of Steve Jobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. What his sister wrote. Yeah. Wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 I just got the shivers. So, um, anyway, but it's but again, it's not it's not only anecdotal. My point is. I'm not to not say that anecdotal therefore doesn't it's not, but it's not only anecdotal the Kabbalistic texts and the Kabbalistic masters actually discuss this concept and they say that and the reason is simply the reason is simply because when a person it says that a person senses when they're going to pass away the day that, of their passing there there was the day of the passing and that the moments before the person is in that state in between 
And so therefore they have some of that. So the short answer is there is a greater awareness by, I would venture to say, I hope, I don't think I'm stepping outside um, the parameters of what I've studied, but I venture to say that everybody, I mean, there's certain, with the understanding that souls, every soul, pretty much 99.9% of the souls, have to go through a purification process, but certainly after that, there's a, there's a much more intimate awareness of God. Now, there's still different chambers, even above, and closeness to God and awareness. So, you know, that which is, the, the, you know, commensurate to the effort and to the study that a person did here on earth. But the short answer is yes, there is a much greater awareness that happens after passing. Yeah. So, so there's an awareness when one is going to leave the earth at that moment, like with Steve Jobs. Yeah, you for sure. About for sure. The, the soul has to go through a cleansing process. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For, for that 11 months. 11 months, period. yes. Okay, so it's a good question, and without personal conscious experience, right? So, well, that's one of the ways to do it. Washing machine, slingshot, yeah. There's, there's, there's different ways to purify. The short answer is the soul requires the, the best way to understand this, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but just very briefly, um, the the a very succinct way of understanding this is the soul having spent time here on earth, having been invested in a body for, so, for however long its duration on earth, the soul it has a material association, has a material consciousness that it gains, that it picks up from its experience here on earth. For the soul to experience the true bliss of Garden of Eden of Paradise, it has to, in a sense, be debriefed of some of the attachment that it has to the materialistic. That's the understanding. And the best example I can give is you take, I don't know if it's a good example because I think you have crossover, but you take, um, you know, a teenager that's into, you know, heavy metal and you take him to the opera. It may not be, for the symphony, it may be like, this is not my, this is not my speed. So the idea is the soul picks up, even the greatest soul picks up some material attachment and then if it's put straight into paradise, it's going to say, well, you know, I kind of miss whatever. So the 11-month process is really to kind of shed it of, of its material attachment that it gained uh, during its time on earth. And there's different ways to do it. There's, you know, it's, one is called the slingshot, where it says the two angels, you know, kind of play catch with the soul. What this is, again, it's all, it's not literal. It's not, none of this is literal. Huh? No, 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 no. No, it's, a, think of a, think of a dusty, uh, you ever see the pictures? They have the resin bag, whatever. They kind of throw it up and they catch it. But when they catch it, like the dust kind of poofs out. Right? Kind of, well, okay. So you have something dusty, so you throw it up there, or you, you, you take, you, back in the day, I think they used to, what do you hit with things to get the dust out? What, do people do that? No one does that. It's a rug. Oh, a rug. Yeah, there you go. So we have, yeah, okay, so we don't have a rug. So, a rug, right, huh? Hit it with a broom. Hit it with a broom. So, so the idea is not to hit the soul. Wait, okay, so again, none of this. None of this. Shaking the, thank you. Much, much better. Let's call it shaking the dust out. Alright? How that happens, whatever. But the point is, it's not literal anyway. There's no, it's not a, the soul doesn't have, we're going to be limited in how we're going to understand this conversation because we put everything in 
sensory term. So there's a soul that's going to occupy space, and then it's going to be thrown around, and that's going to hurt when you're caught, or when you're, you know, it, the broom, actually, whatever you want to hear, right, flying through the air, like, ah, right? None of this is temporal spatial. Like, we have to completely, how do we do that? We can't, really. Even this conversation, it's more of, it parallels the idea that we spoke about before. It's more of the idea that we know that it is, but what exactly it is, I mean, come on, we don't know, what was that, semisa soul, Right? You see expressions of the soul. We see a soul and how that works. The point, the short answer though is that there is a cleansing process, but it's to the benefit of the soul. It's in order to maximize the soul's experience in the afterlife, in order to maximize the pleasure of the soul, it has to be debriefed of its previous attachment to anything that's going to drag it down. I'll give you a, one story about this, and then and then we're going to circle back to the to the to the sphero, to the energies within the human being, and then we're going to get back above. They tell a story of a wagon driver who wasn't a particularly uh, uh, righteous individual, did a lot of negative things. But one time, he saved, uh, saved somebody's life. He was driving his wagon, and he saw somebody stuck, and he saved his life. He pulled him out of the mud, saved his quicksand, whatever it was, saved his life. Fantastic. So he comes up above. And, uh, and again, all of this is sensationalized for our conversation, but this is the way the story works. Again, it's not, it doesn't actually work with this above exactly, but you'll just forgive me because it's a story. So the story goes, he goes above, and there's a heavenly court, and some angels, a lot of angels are bringing the negative stuff and say, he did this, 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 and this. He's got to go heavy cleansing process. We've got to go like heavy dry cleaning or whatever it is, heavy, uh, heavy cleansing. Big broom. Big, big broom. <laughs> well, no, there's also Gehenim Shal Eish, Gehenim Shal Karak. There's... Um, there's there's the, the fire Gehenim purgatory, which is cleansed, which singes off whatever has to be singed off. Not singeing the soul, but singed off the uh, non-desirable uh, residue. You also have, um, you also have uh, the, the, the ice uh, purgatory. Anyway, so they're, like, they're listing like all the, his itinerary. So suddenly a good angel comes, or an angel that brings the positive and says, Look, but he saved a life. And a life is like a whole world, and he saved the whole world, and it's... So they said, you know what, okay, life trumps all the other stuff. He saved a life, so he's going to go, you know, he's going to get paired. Again, the 11 months, we have to figure out how this works, but again, don't take this, all the details of the story, but the general idea. So they ask him, look, they ask the soul, oh, okay, so we decided that you're going to go to heaven, you're going to go to Gan Eden, to paradise. So what do you want your Gan Eden, so what do you want your paradise to look like? So he says, my paradise, give me strong, two or three strong horses. Give me a, a wagon that's a kingly wagon. Give me a good harness and give me a paved road. That'll be my uh, Garden of Eden. And so it's uh, the end of the story is. So till this day, he's you know whipping his horses up, go, and he's he's going down the path, and that's his Gan Eden. It's a fictional story, but the point is, if we would go straight to paradise, and they would ask us, so what do you what do you want your paradise to look like? What would it look like? Would it be still stuck in what we know and what we understand the, the, the vart, understand the point? It would still be stuck in these toys and other toys, and we'd be stuck in, in material stuff, and we would miss out on the depth of the pleasure and the experience that we could gain. So that's why we need, it's only for our benefit that we go through the debriefing process, however long it takes, 11 months, max 11 months, to... Um, to get rid of the attachment and then truly be able to experience the goodness. Is it 11 months our time? Oh, that's a great question. I've seen it asked in Kabbalistic texts. How, after the here and now, so how do you have a measure of time? It's a great question. And, and is the Steve Jobs analogy yeah. uh, 
mean, could he be advanced, advanced enough that he didn't need as long? Well, <laughs> well, again, this without getting into specific who this that that person without getting into specific, the eleven month um, time frame that I gave you is the maximum that it takes. So, sorry, the eleven months. Right. It's only been five minutes. Ah, no. Okay. So, so here's the deal. So it says like this. It says that. Those that are righteous, but need to... So it takes up to 11 months. Though wicked, it takes 12 months. So that's why we only say Kaddish. We only say the memorial prayer, um, you know, the, 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 blessed, the prayer that we recite in the synagogue to help the soul ascend and get, get out of its cleansing process and get into a good place, get into its experience of paradise. So we only do it for, for 11 months because we always assume that... We, we never assume that somebody really needed the full 12. But even the 11 is up to 11. So, again, without commenting on specific individuals, certainly it's possible for an individual to have um, a shorter experience. Now, back to your first question, which is a really good question, which I, which I, I like that question. You know, the question of, well, how does time work in a place that doesn't have time? You know, like, how does that... So, it's a good question. <laughs> the understanding is that it's our time. How it works above, I don't know. But we're the one We measure with our time. I'll give you another example. It says 2,000... Torah was authored. Torah was given 2,000 years before the world was created. Oh, really? How does that work? 2,000 years before the world... 2,000 years Torah preceded the world. How? Before the world was created, how do you have 2,000 years? Yeah, alright. So, but it depends if, yeah, but the but before anything was created, so you don't have a concept of time, so that could be 2,000 years of non-time. 2 million years. It's all, I don't know. But the point is, these are good questions. Anyway, but there's some sort of corollary that we can, that we can draw. But getting back to, to, the, to this chart, because I want to get into this chart. We've got a lot to talk about over here. Um, we're going to talk about it f- first from a human place. Some of these are clearer than others. Okay, let's get these passed out. Please take and pass. Please take and pass. Sure, sure, sure. Sure. I know it's hot in here, but... When you were talking about fixing the mind... Yes, it is. You know, the individuals that have that kind of consciousness that different right. the, those are individuals that maybe don't need to be fixed because they're have a different I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I know I'm with you. I'm with you. However, an individual that wants an individual that is seeking to in whatever whatever their mind that is seeking relief from that will be very hard pressed will be will not be able to find an actual real solution. For the body we figured out a lot of stuff. For the mind, I'm telling you, you got it. There's, we don't have, we don't, we've never unlocked the mysteries. We, 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 don't, we don't understand it. 
forget, you know, if you don't want to look at it from a problem that needs to be fixed perspective, which I, under, I totally understand, look at it from, forget that, look at it from a curiosity perspective. We don't understand the mysteries of the mind. Just keep, just keep even keep it like that. We, we just have no way of understanding it. So, you know, certainly when it comes to the mysteries of, of the divine, what do we know? However, this is what we know. What we know is what's on here. Okay, let me explain this chart. We're going to get into, there's cups on the side by the bookshelf also. We're going to get into, if you want to use the paper ones, we're going to get into this chart. Okay, everyone has, has a copy of the chart. This is the Sphero chart as um, designed in a Paratsuf. If you've been here for a significant amount of time, or maybe even not that significant, you have, we have passed this out before. We've yeah. discussed this before. Good. Okay, good. Good. Uh, now, you, first of all, I am very impressed because I, I, like, I like the way, I like this system. Obviously, you have a an, an very good system. But I will, I will tell you, I could look at when this was, I think this was, I originally made this in 2009. So, I think we have a one year, no, I'm just saying is I think once a year we kind of go through this. But I don't know that we've ever gone through it in the way that we're going to go through it today. So, which means like this, even if you've heard some of these before and we've explained it on some level before, this is going to be new. For everybody here. So if you think you've heard it before, just keep on keep on paying attention. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna su- I'm gonna surprise you. I'm gonna make up new stuff today. No. Okay. Let's let's begin. Just as far as the key, like uh, like all good Hebrew thing. Now, okay, you're gonna say well, it's English. Well, it depends what side you're looking at. So this is this the, the chart originally is obviously a Hebrew chart. It's Lashon Kodesh, the Holy Tongue. So even the English side, we're gonna follow the Hebrew way of reading, which is. Right to left. The way we're going to read this chart, I'm giving you the, the map right now. Top right, then you follow the line over to the top left, and then you move down to the center. From the center, you move down to the middle, to, to, the, to the right again, across to the left, to the center, to the right, to the left, to the center, and then down. Okay? Does it make sense? It almost reminds me of my unlock code on my phone here. This is, my phone's getting a lot of play today. Right, ooh, ooh. And you're unlocked. Okay? So ha- the unlock code over here is... With sound effects. Okay. Now, yeah, it all, that's the only way it works to unlock. Yeah, I got to actually go there. Okay. Let's begin. The top three. The top three. Chachma, Bina, and Dat. Right, left, center. That top triangle is the triangle of intelligence, of the intellect, of the mind, of the brain, of the head, whatever you want to call it, it's the intellectual powers. Those are the intellectual powers. The next six, this is very important, the next six are the emotional powers. Chesed, Gvura, Teferet, Netzach, Hod, Yesod, those six which form three, two triangles of their own. Chesed, Gvura, Teferet is one triangle. Netzach, Hod, Yisod is the second triangle. Those are the six emotional powers. And I'm going to explain all of this. If all this sounds kind of like, what are you talking everything, everything is going to be explained. Malchut, the final and tenth sphere, the final and tenth energy, is a very unique energy, which we will explain shortly. Let's go back to the top. The fact that we have right, left, and center is not by accident. It's not just because we wanted to save space. And if we did it linearly, it would, it would, if we did it you know, just uh, vertically, it would take up too much space. It's because this is called the partsuf. 
This is called the visager face. Just like a face is balanced, so too is this Kabbalistic. Um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, construction of energies is likewise balanced. Think about your face, right? Two eyes, right and left, and a nose in the center, a mouth in the center, right? There's, there's, there's symmetry involved, right? There's a face, a part sof, a visage, a face. So too the sfirot also have a face, also have this structure. Right, left, center, right, left, center, right, left, center, and then the bottom, center. Parts of his face, yes. If you want to know how to write that or how to transliterate it, um, it's somewhere here. Or not. Maybe. It's all good. Parts of P-A-R-T-Z-U-F. Parts of. If you want to get fancy and like old English, you could do a P-H at the end. I won't tell anybody. Parts of. Okay. Joseph got in before the modern F replaced the PF. So Joseph... Okay. Getting back here. Chachma, Bina, and Dat, the first triangle, let's explore. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, which form the acronym in Hebrew, Chabad. Chachma, Bina, Dat, Chabad. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. I'm going to give you a different translation, and you might ask if I'm giving you a different, different translation, how come I didn't put it here? It's a good question, I don't know. The different translation I'm going to give you, and you can fill it in next to it if you, if you have a pen. If you don't, uh, try to remember. Um, Chachma is intellectual conception which means creative insight and wisdom. Bina is intellectual comprehension, which means understanding, not so creative, but very well understood. That is knowledge, or more accurately, perception or connection. How you perceive something. And, and we're going to work through all of these, and then we're going to get into the emotions as well and work through everything here. Let's begin. Chachma means suddenly... When I was pondering something, an insight came to me, a flash of inspiration came to me, and I saw something in my mind, I understand something, or I don't understand it yet, I see something in my mind that I've never seen before. And suddenly I have a flash, it's what we like to call the aha moment. Aha! The light bulb, exactly. It's the light bulb going off, it's the aha, it's that... Boom, I got something new. It's the flash, the insight, the lightning bolt, the Baraka Mavrik, as it's referred to in Kabbalah. It's the, the lightning. That's what Chachma is. That's one power. Let's understand what this is. It's one power of the soul that is residing in the human mind. Again, the human brain, the human brain is the physical vessel, is the container or the tool within which the powers reside. So you have two things. Right? This is more of a general, a general concept. There's the power and the tool that it uses. A very simple example, right? There's, I want to drill, I want to screw a, 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 a screw into the wall, right? So I have my hand and I have the screwdriver. So my hand has the energy and the screwdriver is the tool and I'm putting it in. If you look even beyond that, the power in my hand to move, to manipulate my hand, is the soul power, and my hand is only the, the, the tool that the power of my soul of movement utilizes, which is why, God forbid, a person can have a hand, but not the ability to move it, because they're not, really, they're not connected. Typically, the power of movement, of hand movement, resides in the hand, but it's possible that that power is not there, for whatever reason. 
because of trauma or otherwise. You know, stroke, God forbid, whatever. But it's possible that that power of the soul is no longer present or no longer has an effect in the hand. So the hand is still there, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have the... So there's two, there's two things. Not that the hand automatically does its thing. The hand, with the power of movement in the hand, can do something. The same thing is true in the mind. The brain is just a brain. It's just a brain. The brain, uh, and that's a good point. I, I like where you're going with that. In other words, it's not, so it's a vessel. So I don't want to minimize it because every vessel is, is appropriate to the, so the, the, the chachma, the flash of insight, the wisdom, the aha moment, the light bulb needs a refined vessel of the brain in which to reside. It can't reside in the physical coarse hand. It can't reside in the heel. It needs the brain which is attuned to its, its power. So, of course, every time you have light and vessel, and I'm using Kabbalistic terms, the light and the vessel are appropriate for each other, and they're matchy, they're, as the kids say, they're matchy-matchy. Now, so, get, get, but getting back, so, huh? my kids say it, Chach muscle wisdom, so that the in- conception, boom, a flash of insight, that's a power of the soul, all of these are ten soul powers. The first power of the soul is this ability. Where does it reside? In the brain. The second power is Bina, which is understanding. It's not the creative aha moment. It's not the flash of insight. It's, I'm, underst- I'm working to understand something. I have all the information here, and I'm just understanding it. Pulling it apart, putting it back together, understanding it, taking it from this angle, that angle. Right? I'm reading an article. So I'm not creating an art. I'm not creating a new uh, a new way of understanding the. Art. I have the information in front of me. I read a textbook. I read the article. Now I'm understand. I'm now I'm endeavoring to understand it. I'm just breaking it down and working it through and finding parallels to understand it better and explaining it to myself. Done. That's another power of the soul. It's a distinct power of the soul. Very different from the experience of chachma is bina. Bina understanding is different than wisdom or intellectual conception is different than. Intellectual comprehension is different than intellectual conception. It also, though, resides in the brain. These reside in different parts of the brain. Read right hemisphere, left hemisphere. Okay? Processing as opposed to creating. So now, how... Um, I don't even know what word it is. I'm just speaking... So it makes sense, though, that modern brain science will tell you that the right brain is associated with creativity and the left brain, right, is associated with more analytics. Right? Right? The right brain, look look at the chart here. The right energy of the brain, which resides in the right hemisphere of the brain, is Chachma, which is associated with creative thought. Bina is associated with more, it's not creative, but it's more analytical, it's more breaking it down and more understanding. So that's Bina. That's in the left side. Is that still true if you're left-handed? So if you're left-handed, it works the other way. Yeah, if you're left-handed, so you pull on your right brain more. Which is why, that's what my sister always, she was a lefty. She was like, I'm way more creative than you. Oh yeah, oh for sure. But yeah, but it's but once we leave the the mind, but we got to start here. All right. Once we get into the bottom six and then the seven, we're gonna explain exactly. We're gonna trace masculine and feminine. Oh, 
but there is a masculine and feminine energy even within the mind. We're going to get there in a second. I'm gonna, all of this will be explained. Yeah. That, number three, right? Bottom of the first triangle. That is knowledge, but more accurately, it's intellectual perception, which means my leanings or my, the direction that I take with what I know, with what I've understood. Bina means I'm understanding something. Comprehension, I've, I've understood it. Once I understand something, what does my mind say about it? How do I perceive it? Two people are presented with the same information. Their minds process it in a different way to the extent that they come with, to, up with different conclusions based on what they're reading. Right. You can hear it. Exactly. You can hear it. It's one, it's one example. Right? You, in other words, you have, there's one piece of information. Two people are, 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 are working through the information. So they're not conception. They're not coming up with the information. You give them the information. They work it through. They come to two different conclusions. One person says, based on what I've, based on everything that I understand from this paper, we got to do this, right? You have a team. We're working on it. You're working on it. Exactly, exactly. Hill and Shammai, two two of the greatest sages that uh, that sparred in a, in a healthy way, in a good way, respectful way. You can read the same stuff. You can understand. You can have the same information in front of you. And on one level, the understanding might even be the same, but the conclusions that you're drawing. Your perception of the material is going to be different. Is that what's in the middle? So it's in the middle, yeah. It's in the middle because perception is neither right nor left. Perception is you. You are going to bring a perception to the table. Your mind understands things and concludes in a certain way. That could be the right or left. That's not, that's, that's, but that's not, that's not set prior. That's, that's who you are. And it's not right or wrong either. It's not right or wrong either. Hillel and Shammai. Elu You know, we're going to talk about this in our next text for two. We just did a text for two on Tuesday, uh, Thursday night, which is a Chavrutabe's study, a one-on-one study, an amazing time. We ha- the next set, the next, uh, next month, third Thursday of every month, we have the sub- subject that's going to be debate, Jewish debate, and understanding the essence of what Jewish debate is all about. And why debate is celebrated in Judaism and not uh, on the contrary. But, so debate is all about different, da, different uh, measures, different the powers of das. Ein de'oseim shavos, it says. Their, their, their minds, their knowledge is not alike. Their perceptions. It says, no two people perceptions. Just like faces are different, das is also different. That knowledge, perception is different. That's all intellectual. Let's move down to the emotional. Chesed, loving kindness. This is based, chesed, if you want to be a little bit more accurate with chesed, it's more attraction. Chesed is attraction. Not attractiveness, but the concept of attraction. Whether it's being attracted to somebody else, or to something else, or others being, or other things being attracted to you, the power, the idea of, 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 of attraction, there's that, the magnetic, the pull closer, is called chesed. The pull, cl- the drawing closer of two things together is chesed. The pulling things apart is gvura. So the pulling together is chesed. The pushing apart is gvura. Gvura is severity. Gvura means I'm distancing something. It's I'm keeping it at arm's length. Discipline, scheduling. So you have different people again. So you have different people. Some people are very. Very, you know, very. It's all about the attraction. It's all about the 
it, it's not about the they're more let's say free going the more you know I, I don't have the right words for it right now but and then you have people that are more 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 discipline oriented not again one is not, not one is not right or wrong these are two, two different poles the truth is I want to go through this before we continue I want to go through all of this using a simple example we're going to go through it with one process building a house okay this is a classic Kabbalistic uh, example building a house okay you're building your dream home you're building your dream home this is something you've been you've been waiting to do for years and now you're building it Chachma is the process again we're starting from the top Chachma is the conception either of the idea that I'm that I'm going to build a home or of some of the specifics of what my home is going to have. Bina's understanding is breaking that down more. Let's talk about Chachma as the initial insight, the initial desire to build a home. So you have the initial Chachma, the flash of, aha, I want to build a home. Bina is understanding what that might entail. Breaking it down, well, what does it mean, a home? Where am I going to build it? Das is the perception of, in other words, the, how I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm if two people want to build a home, but it's going to, it's, even in the mind, it's going to exist in a different way based on how we perceive the concept of a home. Chesed is, what am I attracted to in this process of building a home? And it's what things do I want in my home? Now it's already, it's out of the mind, it's more of now an emotional connection. What am I attracted to? Gvura means, again, for this example, what is it that I don't want in my home? What is it that I want out of my home? Or what is it that I, you know, what, what limitations do I want to put on it? Deferet is compassion or more precisely harmony of those two. So it's a blend of what I'm attracted to versus what I'm not attracted to, what, what I want in my home versus what I don't want in my home. The blend of that is the harmony, it's compassion with two A's. Yeah, compassion, it's what the, the sheep say. Um, so compassion is the... Uh, Compassion is, uh, is, is the, really more accurately uh, described here as harmony. The harmony is a blend between Chesed and Gevura, and that is finding a balance between that which I like and that which I don't like in the home. Or, let's call it, uh, you know, you could look at it in another way. The balance between my, uh, my uh, well, that's really more the next one, ambition and devotion. Um, the balance between, well, you know, I want to get, I, let's get into the next set, okay? Oh, but that's, right, so I wanted to get into budgeting, budgeting and scheduling, I want to get that into the next one, because that's a little bit more practical. That middle triangle, the first triangle is strictly intellectual. The second triangle is strictly emotional. This is how I feel about these things. Netzachot are also called generally emotional, but more precisely, they're more action-oriented. The third triangle is already when it starts coming into practice. So Netzach ambition is how I want to build it out. In other words, that's already more practical how I'm planning on building this out in a big way, in an ambitious way. Hod, which is translated here as devotion, is not really accurately translated as devotion at all. It's more of yielding, the ability to yield and not... So this would be the interplay on a practical level between dream and budget. Right? Between dream and budget, right? So I, my dream home. So it's going to have everything in it. Oh, and I, I want this stuff. I don't want that stuff. I'm going to find a blend of that. So 
right? I want that tile, that. I went for the first time in my life, and you'll probably think I'm crazy. I went for the first time in my life to a tile store. Two weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Now, not that I haven't been to Home Depot, not that I haven't been to whatever, but, but a tile store? I went to a place called Floor and Decor on 85. Why did I go to Floor and Decor? Anybody know why? Why, why was I in a tile store? No, somebody give me a, a much... Rini's got it. If you walk by, if you walk by the mosaic, you'll notice that we have tile, broken tiles. So, all right, they were gracious. They donated the tiles for the project. Amazing. Floor and the court. No, whatever. The, but they, they were awesome. But I went for, for for the first time to a tile store, and what struck me? I so I, I've heard that when you build a home, you you, you end up going mashuga, end up going crazy. And I saw firsthand the potential of that to happen. That's just the time. And I'm telling you, I'm with Leia because I don't trust myself. I'm not, like, even just pick out the colors. Like, I'm not doing this myself. But I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding? In a good way, in a good way. It's not, it's a, but oh my gosh, there's so many choices. You can go. Yeah, you can go. You can just be completely overwhelmed. So what does all this have to do with anything? Okay, who knows? But the point is like this. <laughs> Netzach is more of the grand. It's more of the big. We're going to do it. It's going to be huge. It's going to be massive. We're going to have to find it. Hode is more of the... Oh, okay. Oh, calm it down. Okay, bring, it, bring it back to reality. In other words, you, you, have, you have the ambition. You're very excited, right? And emotionally. But now you're ready to go. And you're, but you also have to balance it with some practical considerations. Like budget, right? Time, deadlines... In the case of my experience, sanity, you got to just keep it simple sometimes, right? That we're, that we're just going with something simple, whatever. The point is that we have these two, um, these two powers within the soul that work in various ways. And in this example, Netzach is pushing me to go big. Hod is pushing me to make it real, keep it, keep it balanced. Uh, keep it, Yisod is bonding. Yisod is really a form of connection. Where I'm now connecting with, in this example, let's say the materials that I'm choosing. So if we're sticking with the tile example, Natsach is, uh, I want, the, you know, let's go to the tile place. Hode is, hold on, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we, we gotta limit the scope of the tile experience. And Yisod is actually connecting with the right tile. And it was actually connecting in, in, in a sense with that. Malchut, the final dimension, is, when it comes into practice, when I'm actually building my house. And again, the tile example is only one small part of the house. We're talking about a project of a house. The project of a house begins with the intellectual idea of, hey, I want to build a house. The flash of insight. Hey, let's do this. I got a great idea. Let's build our dream home. Begins with Chachma and it ends with Malchut, which means actually putting it into place. You sewed. Oh, the first one, the top triangle is intellectual. The second one is emotional. The third one is, um, the third one is what did I say? Action oriented. It's a- practical and action oriented. Yeah. Yeah. So malchut then begins. Now we're building. So malchut be- becomes the bottom of this of this uh, formula of this picture becomes the top of. What comes next? And what comes next? I'm giving, we're giving a very crude example. What comes next is the house. So when it comes to this, right underneath here is the actual building of the house. So 
when you say the building of the house, where did it come from? It came from Malchut. It came from the leadership. And it was taking initiative and actually doing it. Getting down and doing it. So you say, that's where it came from. It didn't come from there. It came from Chachma. And then it was filtered in Bina. Then it came to Das. And then Chaz. It went through everything. But what is, what is the bottom? What does the actual house in the building see? It sees the leadership. It sees that phrase of, of the confidence of knowing what you want to do, feeling how you want to do it, and then getting practical insight. And then you put it into practice with Malchut. And then you do it. So the one who's observing the doing says, oh, it's coming from somebody that's doing it. But that somebody that's doing it was inspired by all of this above. So, yeah. Are all of these aspects um, of equal um, importance? Like yes. All of them. Yes. Because what strikes me is as you look at this geometrically, yeah. there are so many different, it's kind of like the nerve pathways. It's like chakras. Yeah, and there are so many different permutations Patterns. of triangles, little triangles, squares. You would be amazed to, 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 to study in which we may or may not get into in this text, but the various patterns and lines that can be drawn. Chachan, Chachma, Chesed, Netzach, right? The, the vertical line. But if you bypass any of these, these, these other aspects that go straight down, then you're not acknowledging a lot of these energies. There's, there's, di- there's different patterns that can be drawn. The, the short answer is yes, there are different patterns that can be drawn. But with that being said, they're all of equal importance, all of equal importance and they all have their role. Now, yeah. The personal goal of when you're growing your soul yeah. to be balanced in all of these, the or idea- to grow with the areas that you're strong in. Very good question. The general, the general understanding of this, based on Maimonides, who was not, you know, he wasn't, he's not a Kabbalist in the traditional sense. But Maimonides says that in general, a person should always strive for the middle path. What? For the middle path. For the Derech Hamitsua, he says. The middle path, right in the middle. Why? No, because it is that extreme either way can lead to, can, can, can lead to, to negativity. So the idea is to imbalance. Literally. So, so I mean, because you're pulled one way, so you're not balanced. So his, his point is, always be balanced. You had others, other great sages, who were not so advocates. They said, no, you'd be an extremist. The Kutzker, for example. Great Hasidic master of the Kutzker, known as the Kutzker, Menachem Mendel of Kutzk. He was a very sharp guy. He couldn't tolerate any bluff, any... His... He was excited about Paro, Pharaoh. The Kutzker said, Pharaoh's my role model. Well, he didn't say, I'm paraphrasing. But he said, Pharaoh is the guy. Look at him. What a determined fellow. One plague, another plague, another plague. I don't care, I'm keeping you guys. Talk about, right, talk about... He was all about Netzach ambition. Doesn't matter what, I'm not yielding a drop. This was his personality. So he was, he advocated to his students, not necessarily middle ground. You've got to be an extremist, in a good way. Well, my Maimonides was a doctor. Maimonides was a doctor, so he's more health and balance. So that's what I'm saying. The general Jewish approach is the center. The center, though, is comprised of, of the sides. You can't get to the center without the sides. That's it, yeah. Now, with that, I mean, if you're going to the center, but if you're someone who was born, whose soul leans more into Right. I'm, I'm with you, and I think Masha's question also is, but if, if I'm if I'm slated to Chesed, does that mean I ignore because I'm already strong there and I focus on Gvura, or does it mean that that's what I'm meant to 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 really get into? 
all very good questions. There's no, I don't, there's no one right answer. The general answer is that a healthy, a healthy picture is this, where each one is equal size. But, but does that mean that a person should should spur their their natural you know tendency toward chesed, toward you know acts of kindness and volunteering and helping out and 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 and, 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 and you know whatever it is, whatever projects they're into, because well they they realize that look the person that has a challenge because they're so giving you know has a challenge budgeting so they have to so it's healthy to work on budgeting also does that mean that you ignore your gift no you got to indulge in that also so it's a new my, my answer has to be nuanced based on on the reality of of, of what it is so both are true you got to be balanced and you got to you got to recognize the gifts that you have and the and the the, the particular interests and work those through and, and really maximize that yeah. so if you turned it upside down yes yeah. it looks like a head yeah, half yeah. and a body yeah, yeah. And all that, which is kind of the way the uh, chakra system the um, Hindu understanding of energies um, that would throw everything off. I mean, it's important. It is depicted because we're missing the top. There is a head. Okay. The head is called Keter. The head. There's a, there's one dimension, the crown. There's one dimension that's above, and even these three Chachman being and Das, these three are the head, and the Chesed is the right arm. It says in Pesach is the left arm. Keter goes So. So we have, yeah, there is, there, this, this is intended, actually, to parallel the body, but you don't, and my, my, the point is, you don't have to turn it upside down, it's good, the way it is also perfectly mirrors the, the human body, which is an amazing thing. Now, 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 check this out. Here's the key. When we're building the house... Okay, so malchut, leadership, is when you're taking a leadership. Let's understand the last point. Leadership means, that's what, forget the word, don't just get stuck on the leadership point. It means when you're actually taking the initiative and doing it. You're actually doing it. When that happens, right, again, from the recipient or from the observer's perspective, right, the observer is saying, you're building the house. Ah, so you're infused with to take charge of leadership, to getting it done. But if you ask leadership, where are you getting informed from? You ask Malchut, where are you getting... How do you know what to do? You're building a house. How do you know what you want? How do you feel what you, what you connect with, what you don't want? So Malchut will tell you that it's not me. I'm being informed by all that preceded me. In other, does this make sense? In other words, that I'm doing it, I'm getting it done. How am I doing it? What am I getting done? Why am I getting it done? It's all based on what's already been processed up here is now getting into Malchut and Malchut is saying, now let's make it happen. Let's actually produce results. This reflects the process of birth, childbirth, birth, childbirth, childbirth, or planting in the earth. Same thing. Malchut is the feminine energy. Mal, yes, Malchut is the feminine. The energy that actually produces and creates is Malchut. Is the feminine energy. The feminine energy is the capacity to create, which is why Earth, the Earth itself, you ever hear the expression Mother Earth? In Kabbalah, there's a reason why it's called Mother Earth. Well, not, not the Kabbalah calls it Mother Earth, but necessarily in those English terms. But Mother Earth is significant. 
with a Kabbalistic understanding. The fact that the earth produces, right, you take a seed and you put it into the earth, and then, so, so then what? I took a seed and I threw it into the earth. Wonderful. There goes a good seed. And why have the men Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Good question. Very good question. Good. Hold on. But also, like, the capacity to create is coming from the Well, that's... Okay, hold on, hold on one second. Let me just finish the point. So you take, you take the seed, which contains the kernel, the potential of the tree, the potential of, of, of the birth of the plant, the tree, the flower, whatever it is. You put it into the earth. So until then, it's just potential. It's just locked there. All the information is there, the DNA, whatever it is, is there. But it's all, it's all locked. It's not, nothing's going to happen. You put it into the earth, and in the earth, suddenly, that's where the magic happens. That's where it begins to grow, it begins to blossom, it begins, and it produces amazing things. The same thing is true biologically with, with, with uh, male and female. So we have... The ma- what the male in the process of, of, of reproduction. So you have what the male contributes and what the, what the female contributes. You have the, let's call it the seed, right? The, from the male, that then goes into the female, and it's in the, f- the female produces a child. This parallel, so you ask the child, where do you come from? What's the answer? The, fe- the stork, right? <laughs> the cabbage. I had a friend that uh, they, were, they, they got the cabbage story. So you ask a child, so where do you come from? Come from a mother, right? That's the direct. Where's the father's role? The father's role, or the male role, is to provide the seed that will eventually, through the female, become and, and uh, gestate and whatever and develop into a child. Develop into fetus, develop into a child. But here's the deal. The father's, the male contribution, is removed from the actual delivery, so to speak. Or literally. Right? It's malchut, in this, getting back to the Kabbalist example, it's malchut that actually creates. It's malchut that creates. But it creates based on the energies that it receives. Right? It takes. It has its own, it has its own energy. Of course, it's got the creative capacity. So it brings something to the table as well. But it also is in a very unique role. Malchut is both recipient and creator. You could say on a small level, every energy is both recipient and creator. But Malchut, to a greater extent, is both recipient and creator. Malchut is receiving that which exists before it. Specifically, the way Kabbalah explains, it's receiving the six emotional and practical energies from Chesed through Yesod. It's receiving those energies. And based on what it receives, that's the way the house is going to look, right? I mean, in a practical level, you're building the house based on what the process that worked through is how you're going to create. You're, you're, you're working on a project, right? You're working on a project in the company. So based on the discussion and all of the debate and all of the different forces, all the different input that came before you or came before, now you're going to run with it and do something, do a project or, or put something into, into play. All of that is Malchut's role as both recipient and creator. Make sense? Uh, generally of the nine, specifically of the six. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you labels, and then we're going to have to break for today. Here are the labels. 
The six energies from Chesed to Yisod are called Zah. 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 Z-A. Chesed. The, put the, separate out the three intellectual for a moment. Chesed, Vur, Teferet, that triangle, and that's a Chod Yisod. So the, the emotional and the action-oriented uh, energies. Those are called Zah. Zah is an acronym, Z-A, for Z'er or Zayin Aleph, Z'er Anpin, which means it's Aramaic. Z'er means small, like Tsa'ir in Hebrew, so Zayin and Sadak are interchangeable. Uh, so Z'er is small, Anpin means face, the small face, the small visage. So there's Arach Anpin, the large face which exists in Keter, which exists in the higher plane that we spoke about earlier, or, or, or we just referenced above, that's the head. The Z'er Anpin, the small face, is these six energies from Chesed through Yisod. Men are from Zah. <laughs> Women are from Malchut. This is the way. So Gray was right. There are different planets. But it's not Mars or Venus. It's Zah and Malchut. Next week, we're going to explore this further and understand even more what Zah and Malchut are. And Zah, again, is easier than saying Chesed, Kibur, Tver, Netzachot, Yisod. Zah is a key word for those, this, this middle part of the, of the chart and Malchut. The interplay between Zah and Malchut. In a sense, influencer, recipient, and then in turn, influencer. This is going to be next week's discussion in more depth today. Well, the intellectual, it drives both. So, within the intellectual, it says that Chachma, and again, even if this doesn't, even if you don't understand it right now, because we don't have time to explain it, Chachma is associated with a masculine energy. Say, yeah, but women are more creative. It's fine. I understand that. But, or, or, yes or no. But, Chachma is more of the Mashpia, the giver. Bina is more of the Makabalah understanding. In other words, the, it's the flash of insight that is giving, that is then developed, the womb of understanding that develops the kernel of insight. So you have the seed of insight that's developed in the womb of understanding so that the masculine and feminine play out. Does that mean that men are exclusively Chachma and exclusively Bina? Of course not. But, if you, but they are parallel. The short answer is the intellectual three have their own interplay between masculine and feminine. Now, again, Zah and Malchut, men and women, these are the respective source of the soul. Men's souls come from Zah, women's souls come from Malchut in general, or masculine and feminine souls. And next week, again, we're going to break this down even further and understand this in a very practical way, what this means, what the implications are, and why it is that based on all of this, a, the feminine faith is stronger, for lack of a better term. That's all next week. All right. Now, a few quick announcements. A few, because I, I feel obligated rabbinically... I feel obligated to make this announcement. 